0: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: it's game week for 2022. The Florida Gators play this Saturday. I'm excited. We're going to talk about it on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're available daily, free, wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants, country of si.com. Like, subscribe, comment, review, share it, do whatever it is you want to do. It's greatly appreciated. It's game week. And yeah, we're, we're going to have fun uh, this Thursday. This Thursday, September 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Social at Midtown in Gainesville live Locked On Gators recording this Friday, September 2nd, 5:30 p.m. Eastern Time, obviously. Social at Midtown in Gainesville live Locked On Gators recording. And we're gonna have a blast before, after, and in between. It's gonna be a good time. But today we're talking about the defensive game plan against Utah. I'm not going to do this. Uh, as in-depth every week, but I figured, you know, this week we don't have a game this past weekend to talk about, so we don't have to worry about reviewing or anything like that. We just get to preview, and yeah, we're focusing on defense today, offense tomorrow. When we're talking about the defense, we'd be remiss if we did not talk about the uh, the, the the coined phrase that everybody talks about when you talk about Patrick Tony, creepers. Creepers. Um, I'm going to explain to you what Creepers is, but when you look at this Florida Gators defense, expect to see a good deal of man coverage. Um, Patrick Tony has, it's not a secret, he likes calling man coverage. That, that's his kind of primary coverage when he's not calling Creepers, which Creepers is not this thing that he calls every play. Uh, but when he likes to work at just normal defense, man coverage is kind of the way he goes or at least using man principles because Patrick Tony has shown that he also likes to call quarters coverage which is uh, a hybrid with man principles as well so that's that's what we're talking about there but it's, it's straight up man-to-man quarters but again the headliner is Creepers that's what everybody's talking about and we've talked about it before on this show exactly what Creepers are but you know the show has grown I mean exponentially since then but um so we're talking about Creepers here and Creepers are a, a replacement blitz that sends a non-traditional rusher to the passer uh, in exchange for dropping in a traditional rusher into coverage. So what that means is, you know, let's say you got four down linemen, two linebackers. A linebacker's coming in, but you're not blitzing. You're not setting five. A linebacker comes in and a D tackle drops into coverage, for example. And there you go. You got four people rushing. You've got still seven in coverage but you've got a non-traditional rusher coming in in that linebacker, but the defensive lineman is dropping back into coverage. And then voila, that's is, that is essentially as, as quick and simple as I can explain creepers there. And, you know, as Patrick Tony has described it before, because he's talked about it endlessly. Because, again, it seems like everybody, when they're like, oh, Patrick Tony it's just like creepers is the one thing they know. So as Patrick Tony has said, you get to create this same amount of pressure as you would with a blitz. Like if, uh, you get to create the same amount of pressure with four as you would if you were rushing five, because you end at the same time, you're not sacrificing coverage like you would by sending five or more players and blitzing. Cause obviously when you blitz, oftentimes you're then leaving the back end susceptible. If you don't create pressure here, you're sending the same amount of pressure, but you've still got seven in coverage. And that kind of saves your tail a little bit. It also makes the quarterback not have as many quick dump off and easy read options. And you kind of give your pressure a little bit more time to get there as well. So it's, it's just everything working hand in hand. And I think the Florida Gators defense you'll see is about as team-based as you can get. Creepers especially is something where it's like, you need to work together as a team. If you succeed, your teammates succeed, then everything works out. That's kind of the approach. Uh, 10 of the 11 defenders are threats to, to I guess you could say, blitz or to rush the passer, uh, the only person who is not a threat in this Patrick Tony defense to rush the passer is the far side corner, the field corner. So if you're on the left hash, just know that right corner, he's going to be in coverage. Like, like he's not rushing. That's not something you're going to see from Patrick Tony. He doesn't do it. Um, he has said that. Like He's like, look, like the far corner, field corner, not a threat at all. Because I mean, if he rushes by the time he even gets there, the play is going to be done. But also there's going to be so much space where you can't just drop a defensive lineman there and you can send a linebacker where it's, yeah, it's also a little weird because like you're dropping players into areas that they don't usually drop in as well, where that linebacker could be asked to play that far flat or that far, that far end of the field, depending on whatever coverage you're in. So you could be asking him to play that far side where it's like, you don't really want to send a linebacker all the way out there, especially because by the time he gets there, Unless he's already showing it, which is defeating the purpose. Unless he's already showing it, then you're going to have an easy completion over there on that far side. So that's why the far corner will never be the rusher there. But that that very close corner, that boundary right there, could come in and have a quick, clean run. I think we'll see that quite a bit. We also don't know at this point yet if Florida is going to work with, uh, you know, near corners and far corners or play side, field side, whatever you want to call them. We don't know if they're going to work with that approach or if they're just going to go left or right or they're going to match up based on where the receivers are. Uh, we, we don't really know what's going to happen there because we could say, look, Jason Marshall's always going to be that field corner because he's your best cover man, so he's not going to be the one that's rushing. You're not going to take him out of coverage. Uh, we, we don't know that. We could also say, you know, whoever is the best rusher as a, as a corner, could always be that close corner so that he can rush. Um, There's a lot going on there where, yeah, that that field corner, never going to be rushing. That's just not something that you see. Uh, But you could see, you know, a safety rush from the left side, but a defensive lineman from the right side is the one that drops back and everybody else kind of just shifts uh, and kind of just rotates over. So you're not just, like, dropping that same linebacker into the zone that was abandoned or whatever it is. That's not what it is. Um, Patrick Tony, with his defense, as he has been quoted saying, you make the same things look different and the different things look the same. Because a lot of college quarterbacks specifically, this is still a thing with NFL quarterbacks as well, but a lot of college quarterbacks specifically are capable of making pre-snap reads. Just see what the defense is showing you and be like, okay, that's what they're showing. That's how they're playing. Or you don't want to say that's what they're playing just based on what they're showing, but that's what they're showing. And then they can make post-snap reads. You go, okay. This is what they're actually doing. But it is very different from just making pre-snap, post-snap reads. It's very different to see something pre-snap and have it look entirely different post-snap. I, I've said this before. It was uh, Ron Roberts who, you know, he's the guy where Dave Aranda and Patrick Tony come from his coaching tree, where Ron Roberts has said, you never want to give them that same look. You, you never want to give the quarterback... The same look pre snap as they get post snap. That's something where you always want to make them think. That's why I'm always like, "Oh, this Florida Gators defense—they want to outsmart their opponent because you want to make that quarterback take that extra second or two to think and try to process the coverage, and then that's extra time that your rushers can get in. Uh, so, so you're going to see very different things. So, quarterbacks, college quarterbacks specifically, they struggle when it looks completely different. You know, if if you're they're showing cover two and they sent and it's cover three then sure, like that's something you should be anticipating if you're a quarterback at any point. But if they're showing cover two, and we'll say in this example, they're playing cover two, but it's cover two invert and everybody's in a different spot. And then, you know, the corner on the left is coming down for the flat. The corner on the right is dropping back and he's playing the deep half. One of the safeties is playing the hook. One of the linebackers is playing the flat and one of the other uh, safeties is playing the deep. It's just it looks very different to see all that movement. And you're like, what coverage am I looking at right now? And then by the time you even see it, you're sacked. And that's one of the, or at least pressured. Uh, and that's one of the things where Coach Vass on Twitter, if you don't follow him, you should. Um, his Patreon also has Patrick Tony doing a, a little bit of uh, work there, but, uh, or had Patrick Tony doing a little bit of work there. But that's, uh, Coach Vass likes to, he's got, he's got shirts that it says, the quarterback can't see with tears in his eyes. That's pretty much what it is, where where you want to make them panic, you want to make them kind of crumble a little bit, and you want to make them uh, make some mistakes there. We're about to talk about how creepers could actually be used against Utah and how we'll see it put into effect this coming Saturday. But first, a quick word from NHTSA, which is... I mean, I've said this before. Like, I like to think I'm an open book here. Uh, This one does touch base with me a little bit. I lost a teammate of mine in early 2021 due to a drunk driver. So when you're hanging out with friends and you're putting back a few drinks, especially now during college football season and during football season in general, when people are going out more, they're starting to have drinks at bars more, a few drinks because of a few too many. And then the evening comes and people are starting to head home. And you're like, you know what? Should I call for a ride? but I drove. I don't want to come pick up my car tomorrow morning. I live close enough where it's like I, I can make this easy trip home and it's no big deal. Um, it is a big deal. That's stupid. Everybody knows the risks of drunk driving, as you all should. The results are tragic and deadly and like still, I, I will never understand why people still do it, why you still drink and get behind the wheel. And you're like, I'm a good drunk driver. There's no such thing, dummy. Like that's just not a thing. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives, not just yourself, but others as well, drive sober or get pulled over. Thanks again for making Lock Gators, your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And now we're talking about how this Creepers defense that we just explained last segment, we're talking about how it's going to be put into effect against Utah. Because one of the best things about Creepers is that its arguably biggest strength is against RPO, uh, the run-pass option, which is... Uh, if you're watching TV and you see what looks like a play action and they quickly throw it to the slant or whatever it is, a lot of times that's the RPO. And I say, whatever it is, it could be a bubble screen, it could be a wide screen, it could be a bunch of things. But Creepers is pretty good against it because a lot of times when you're running that RPO, you are looking at that play side defender. If, if, let's say I'm Cam Rising in this case. I'm, I'm the Utah quarterback in this case. And I'm standing. Sorry if you're listening and not watching, but if you're watching, congrats. Let's say I'm Cam Rising, and I'm working back here, and I've got Tavian Thomas. We'll say is the running back. He's on my right side, so I'm here. Tavian Thomas is on my right side. I snap the ball, and I'm holding the ball in front of him, and and we're kind of working at that mesh point. I'm reading, we'll say in this case, Ventro Miller. So I'm reading Ventro Miller. If Ventro Miller runs in at me, I'm throwing the slant real quick. I'm hitting that slant. I'm picking up any extra yardage we can get. And we're just going, hey, if you can get yards after the catch, get yards after the catch. So I'm running this little mesh point and Ventro Miller runs in. I'm throwing a slant. Guess what happens when Creepers is in effect and utilized properly? That backside, that, that backside linebacker that I just read, he's coming in. But that backside end, who in this case might be, we'll say, Brenton Cox Jr., drops back into coverage. Or Prince Liam and Meline drops back into coverage. And then I'm throwing this slant right into traffic. That's the point about Creepers. That That's how Creepers is so effective against the RPO. And that's one of the ways they can address it. So when you look at the RPO, Cam Rising, who was just me, by the way, uh, similar hair if I put it down, but Cam Rising had... He called, He had an RPO or a screen on 13.9% of his passes in 2021, according to Clark Brooks. And the important part here is that a lot of RPOs are based around reading that backside linebacker, specifically, of course, because that's where you're running the mesh wins. Same thing when you run just a read option. You're reading that backside defensive end because then you take it, and that's what happens. If he stands up, then you hand it off. If he runs in, you take it. Here, he runs in, you throw the ball. He stands up, you hand it off. <laughs> it's the same thing, uh, except instead of the quarterback running, you throw a slant, although there also are plays where the quarterback runs it. So, yes, but that's the important part about talking about the RPO. Dropping that backside end means that the quarterback, who who is dropping back here again, means that the quarterback who is likely trying to throw the ball to that slant, guess what? He's got that defender in his way. If you And the thing is also, it's not just about getting a defensive, f- defender in the way, it's Florida is coaching these defensive ends on both sides and defensive tackles and whoever it is. They're coaching them who, when you drop back into coverage, which is not going to be super often, but when you do, when you're dropping into coverage, you're not just dropping back, but you're reading that quarterback and you're watching him. If he's getting ready to throw that ball, you get hands up, you do whatever you can, you you create just havoc. That's the point of it. That's why when we're talking about Cam Rising, looking at that slant, he's reading Ventro Miller. Ventro Miller is running in on him. And you throw that quick little, that, that pitch and catch, that slant right there. So that's that's why we're talking about bringing out that Creepers against Utah is specifically Utah, um, Kentucky's going to do it a lot. Don't play Bama this year, but Bama did it a lot last year. They did it a lot the year before, and Mac Jones as well. So a lot of teams now are just picking up more RPO. If you watch Nebraska versus Northwestern, a lot of it was kind of just quick read, quick catch. That That's what teams are trying to do now. That's why. Creepers is so effective when it's like, okay, like this is what we're seeing. Snap the ball, complete change. the defensive end is dropping back into coverage. A corner is rushing from the left side. Everything changes, and that's why we're talking about it. you kind of disrupt that quick pet, that uh, pitch-and-catch motion that they're trying to work on. So that, that's how Creepers is going to be used against Utah, I believe. And for the Utah game specifically, uh, I'm looking at this and I'm saying – that backside safety or the backside linebacker should be rushing often. Uh, I, I think that you shouldn't really worry about the play side because let's, I'm dropping back again. <laughs> let's say we're in this situation. I'm i am in shotgun right now. I've got Tavion Thomas on the right to me. I'm Cam Rising. If I'm running that RPO, you should not be dropping the end on the play side. The the end on the left side should not be dropping. That should be Javon Dexter, because he's playing end now, so that should be Javon Dexter staying there and not dropping. You want them engaged. The backside defender is the one that should be dropping, because if they're running that RPO and Tavian Thomas is running to the left and Javon Dexter's dropping back into coverage, guess what? That's extra yards if he bounces it out wide a little bit. And also, that gives you that left tackle room to run at Javon Dexter and pick up more momentum, where they kind of just – it puts Florida at a big disadvantage. So I'm I'm sending uh we'll say Trey Dean in this case is on that right side on the backside, and we'll say Ventron whether was on the backside. I'm sending one of them, and I'm dropping back that backside defensive end, who whether it's Princely, Brenton Cox Jr., Chief Borders, whoever it is, they're going in that set in that formation they're going to be dropping back because they can create they can create a little bit of havoc there and we want them rushing because it's also having that extra backside defender to kind of wall off cam rising i mentioned you know the quarterback similar to the read option instead of just if they run in quarterback keeps it if they run in quarterback throws the ball but guess what quarterback could also keep it there are a lot of rpos where Quarterback gets to keep it if he wants to and run it like a read option as well, or he can run it like a read option and then still dump it off. So if you have, let's say, Trey Dean or Venture Miller rushing in, you wall off that opportunity for Cam Rising to turn this RPO into a run run pass option and into a read option and take it off. So you, you have that extra backside defender to wall off cam rising from And again, he's he's not Anthony Richardson but he can pick up yards in a hurry. And if I'm Utah and I see that Florida keeps dropping that backside end and rushing, I'm calling counters. I'm calling RPOs with bubble screens. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to kind of establish that, hey, we're going to go back and forth and Utah's got a great coaching staff. Kyle Whittingham is one of the better defensive minds, which is also like he's the defensive mind. He can probably figure out the weak points of this Florida defense and he could probably figure it out pretty quickly. So if I'm Utah and I see that they keep dropping that backside defensive end, I'm going to run counters. I'm going to run bubbles. And, and I'm going to try to make go, okay, we adjusted. It's your turn to adjust now. And now we're about to talk about how Florida can match up personnel-wise against Utah. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about how Florida can match up personnel-wise against the Utah Utes this Saturday, September 3rd. Uh, it's going to be a big one. And... Everybody that talks about Utah, everybody that supports Utah, you go, 13 personnel, 13 personnel, whang, we have that. Um, that's that's my impression of Utah fans now. <laughs> Utah, they love running 13 personnel. For those who don't know, 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends, one wide receiver. And I will say, yes, they do that. They go heavy, and a lot of college teams don't do that. So you're not used to it. you got Utah that does it. You've got Iowa that does it. You've got Wisconsin that'll do it. And those are three of the teams, really, that'll do it consistently. A lot of teams will do it very rarely. But Utah, Iowa, Wisconsin will do it consistently. Uh, Stanford will do it pretty consistently. You might see Florida do it every now and then with just what we're looking at on on roster right now. So you could see that as well. Although I will say Utah has two tight ends that are – that I will consider legitimate threats here where I also like, I don't care about cam rising 15 yards per completion, uh, in 13 personnel as, as, as Brian Brown brought up in our group chat the other day. Um, as much as I love him, I don't care about that. I don't care about anything else. I'm talking about who Utah has personnel wise and how Florida can match up with them. I would expect Brandon Keith, who is the better receiving option. I think amongst the tight ends, uh, Although I could, you could also argue, you know, they're not. There's not necessarily a better receiving option. They're just different. Um, but I expect the Brandon Keith to be matched up with Trey Dean. Trading Trey Dean, great size, athleticism. We've seen him work as a safety, as an occasional corner, as that star role. I'd expect to see Trey Dean and Brandon Keith matched up. Um, I've said before, I think Trey Dean can be a tight end eraser if he's given proper. Um, Guidance, And I think with Corey Raymond and Patrick Tony on staff, you're getting that proper guidance. So I'd love to see Trey Dean match up with Brandon Keith. Brandon Keith is also the tight end that plays a lot of this slot or flexed out spots. So you're not going to see him. I mean, he's going to be in line a lot, but you're also going to see him moved out wide and moved into the slot, uh which in line, he plays about 50% of his snaps. The other 50% are in the slot or out wide Uh occasionally in the backfield. I know some people are saying he's going to be an H back in the NFL, we're not talking about the NFL right now. But Brandon Keith and trading that's who I would expect to be matched up there. That that big safety, that athletic safety, with that athletic pass catching option for Utah. And then looking at Dalton Kincaid on the inside, I'd expect to see DeWan Black or Shamar James line up over him. Uh, especially if he's in line at that time, I'd expect DeJuan Black or Shamar James. Love Ventro Miller. I think he's a fantastic player. But I don't think that you should be like, hey – go man up with this because again Florida's gonna play a good deal of man coverage I think when you see Ventrell Miller you go okay man up on whoever the running back is for Utah at that point uh obviously Tavian Thomas is starter whoever is in the whoever's on the field at that time Ventrell Miller should be matched up against them because guess what if they're running out of the backfield Ventrell he's not amazing in coverage but he should be uh smart enough to be like, hey, that looks like an angle, that looks like a flat, whatever it might be. He's also not going to be matched up against these tight ends, which would be fantastic because he will be, I think, uh, more exposed at that point, just given how often Cam Rising likes to pass to the tight end. But also with Ventrell, you could play him in a hook zone underneath if you're in cover one, we'll say, with trading on Keith, uh, Dewan Black on uh, Kincaid and Rashad Torrance deep over the middle. And you kind of get to work with that where Ventran Miller can kind of be watching that running back or he could be in a hook zone. And if he's a man on the running back, if the running back stays in to pass protect, he can blitz in. He can rush in and he can kind of try to cause a little bit of havoc there. So that's what my expectation would be with Dewan Black or Shamar James on Kincaid, Trey Dean on Keith. I also wouldn't be shocked if we saw someone like Donovan McMillan on Keith. Just because, again, I, I think that Keith has good enough size where I wouldn't want Rashad Torrance necessarily matched up against him a ton in man coverage. But it could happen. I think the front six that we see a lot for Florida this week is Jervon Dexter and Prince Princely uman at the ends, although Jervon Dexter kind of still playing the same deep tackle role. It's just listed as an end. Uh, Jalen Lee and Desmond Watson rotating in at the nose, especially against this Utah line. You want to have these, these two gapping types. I know Sean Spencer has said, look, we don't want these guys to just be these two gapping nose tackles. I think against Utah, you kind of have to be. Uh, So Jalen Lee and Desmond Watson, especially with a new center for Utah, I think that you should watch them at the nose. Brenton Cox is going to be that rush linebacker and hybrid. I'm sure we'll see him play similar to Will Anderson, where he's listed as an outside linebacker. It's that 3-4 style where he's listed as an outside linebacker. He plays a lot of stand-up edge, plays a lot of hand in the dirt. He he rotates around. I think we'll see Princely play hand-up. Hand in the dirt. We'll see him work around that a lot. We'll see two, four, five 2 4 5 situation here where there's two down linemen in Javon Dexter and either Lee or Watson or Humphreys. And then we'll see Umen Meline and Brenton Cox Jr. standing up on the ends or Chief Borders and Brenton Cox Jr. standing up on the ends. And you kind of give yourself a lot of room. Ventro Miller will likely be the Mike linebacker there, that, that middle linebacker. Uh, Dewan Black and Shamar James will rotate as the other linebacker because, again, Nickel is the base defense now in football. That's what it is. So you'll see Dewan Black or Shamar James as the better pass cover linebacker there. Maybe Derek Wingo comes in for Ventro Miller every now and then, and you kind of got a, a well-rounded group, uh, and you kind of see some stuff there. I also wouldn't be shocked if we saw Florida kind of go, okay, Utah's in 13 personnel. That's a very, very heavy set. I just punched my monitor. <laughs> That's very, very heavy set there. You got Prince Liam and Malene and Brenton Cox Jr. as the defensive ends or one of them with a hand up, whatever it is. Javon Dexter and Jalen Lee or Desmond Watson at D-tackle. You have Ventrell Miller, Shamar James, and DeWan Black Black all on the field in the box at the same time. Uh, And I think you can kind of look at that. You could also say, hey, guess what? Javon Dexter, Jalen Lee, and Desmond Watson are all on the field as well as Brenton Cox Jr. as that backside player. And he drops back if need be, or he could rush in, and you kind of just stack the box there. Cause I think that's something you have to do against Utah. The hardest part with Utah is stacking the box to stuff the run against an offensive lineman that, against an offensive line that likes to get physical with three tight end sets. So stacking the box there, but also with tight ends that are versatile enough to be pass catchers. So you don't want to sacrifice coverage. And that that's the that's the most difficult part here. I think if Florida can manage that area specifically, just work those seams in coverage, while also having big enough players in the box and strong enough players in the box to stop the run and match up there. I think that really improves Florida's chances at winning. But tomorrow, we're going to talk about the Florida Gators offense. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day, especially today. Now make your second listen Lockdown SEC hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage and the best conference included, the best university, University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole9Sports and Giants Country of SI.com And I'll see you all tomorrow.